Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Steadfast and Law podcast. And as promised, I'm joined by a dear friend of mine locally here in North Texas, Kevin Freeman. Kevin is considered one of the world's leading experts in issues of economic warfare and financial terrorism. He has consulted for and briefed members of both the United States House and Senate, present and past, CIA, DIA, FBI, SEC, Homeland Security, and the Justice Department, as well as local and state law enforcement. His research has been presented in critical DOD studies on economic warfare, Iran, and weapons of mass destruction presented to the Secretary of Defense and the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. He has traveled extensively with research trips to Russia and China throughout Europe and the Americas. He is also a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy and a contributing editor to the Counter-Terrorist Magazine. Prior to establishing his own firm, Kevin Freeman wrote a business plan for Sir John Templeton in 1990 and helped build the Templeton Private Client Group from inception, ultimately leading the firm as senior managing director. During his decade-long tenure, he served as senior assistant portfolio manager, developed and managed the portfolio consulting group, and co-developed and managed the portfolio operations group. Under Kevin's leadership, the firm raised and managed nearly $2.5 billion in investment resources. Kevin holds a BSBA in economics from the University of Tulsa, 1983, and graduated with highest honors and served as the school's Rhodes Scholar nominee in 1983. And he is the host of the Economic War Room. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Alan. You had a little short trip over to the little studio here. Yeah, no, that was nice. And you're one of the members of Congress I briefed. So that you you just read that very long bio, but you you were one of the target. I've got to meet this guy, and I'm <laughs> so honored to know you. Well, it's mine, and I have learned so much. And thank you for allowing me to be on one of the first episodes of your economic war room. I know you had to start with your you know standards really low, and you built up from there. <laughs> so I appreciate it, Kevin. In my opening monologue, I talked about how what we see happening in America our energy insecurity, our border insecurity, our foreign policy debacles, our national insecurity, and our economic insecurity. This is not about incompetence. This is about a dedicated plan, strategy, an ideological agenda that is purposeful and intentional. How do you see what is happening with America going from 1.6% rate of inflation to 9.1% rate of inflation in 18 months? Well, you could have planned it. I mean, the, 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 what you said is absolutely correct. 
It's not incompetence, although there's plenty of incompetence in the Biden administration. Yeah. But but this is a part of their plan. They told us going in, we're, we're going to raise energy prices mm-hmm. because that's our path to the Green New Deal. We're going to do that. We're going to increase regulation. We we are going to make uh, it send out a lot of money to people and build back better in all of those programs. And we're not going to force people to go back to work. We're going to let people stay at home if they want. You put that formula together and spend money and you create inflation. There's no two ways about it. It was planned and perpetrated, but it's part of a much larger plan that's been in the works for decades to take America completely off the map. You know, it's unconscionable to me that you would run to be president of something that you want to ultimately destroy. And I, and I go back and think about 2008 when Barack Obama said in Columbia, Missouri, that we're five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Okay, why didn't anyone stop and say, what are we transforming from and what do you want to transform us to? Because when I think about the free market economic entrepreneurial system that we have, which is the gold standard of the world, why would they want to put us on the path to what we see just happen in Sri Lanka? Well, the people that want to do that uh, want to put themselves in charge and they want to have a new feudal system where they run everything. That's what Karl Marx wanted. That's where Marxism is. Every nation that it's tried. You, you don't get to Hugo Chavez started actually very poor. There's no doubt about that. But when he died, he left multi-billion dollar fortunes to his daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It happened with Castro and Cuba. It happens mm-hmm. everywhere. It happened with Stalin and in Russia. It happens everywhere communism is tried. Uh, Vladimir Putin is a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Xi Jinping is a billionaire. It, it is all about taking from everybody else, putting them all in equal misery, and then the elite get to run and control things. That's why you would do it. You would take America from being the exception or American exceptionalism, to where we don't have a king, where the people are in charge, where individual liberty reigns, and we have property rights, and we have the ability to build the American dream. No other nation has a dream like we have. You know, what you just brought up reminded me of the old Soviet Politburo, where you basically had a cut line. And the people above the cut line, they lived good. There was a different set of rules, laws, and everything. But everyone below the cut line were the serfs. They were the, the, the subjects. And I think it was Frederick Hayek wrote the incredible book, The Road to Serfdom. Mm-hmm. How is it that we have gotten on this road in the United States of America? I mean, what happened on our college and university campuses? Because I would think that when it comes to economics, you know, there are things that work and there are things that don't work. And Keynesian economic theory, it don't work. True. Uh, but what happened on our American college campus is the same thing that happened in the 1930s when the Nazis infiltrated and took control because they knew that was a pathway to control of the United States. And the Marxists took control uh, in the 50s and 60s. It was warned about. A man I knew, Dr. W. Cleon Skousen, wrote the book The Naked Communists. He outlined mm-hmm. what the communist goals were for the United States. They followed those. One of them was to capture you know, the education system and the universities. I mean, it's like you taught me the most important elected position in America is school board. Yes. And that's because if you have a long-term view, if you can take the youth, you can take the nation. Absolutely. And that's where we find ourselves. And when you look at what has just been happening here recently in this area in South Lake with the Carroll Independent School District and the cultural Marxism that came in under the cultural competency action plan. I mean, they come up with these great words, uh, the build back better or the patient protection and affordable care act, which it didn't protect patients and it wasn't affordable. 
how do we get elected officials that are more savvy and can really win the ideological battle? Because I got to tell you, Republicans taking over the House and Senate, okay, great. But if you don't win the ideological battle that we're in between constitutional conservatism, progressive socialism, and Marxism, we're going to stay on this economic path because the left, the Democrats, are not going to be less tenacious. That's true. The, what the Republicans are in general, uh, the rhinos we call them, but they think they're fully Republican, they're a slower path to Marxism, and the Democrats are a faster path to Marxism, but both leading the same direction. What you stood for and, and what some heroes in the House and Senate stand for is, is we want liberty, individual liberty that goes back to the U.S. Constitution. So how, how do we do it? Well, we're going to have to be very careful in our candidate selection, and then we're going to have to hold their feet to the fire. Because as you know, when you get to Washington, if you're uh, principles are not cemented absolutely in stone, they will be stripped from you. And you'll be given staff that will be terrible, that will lead, lead us to Marxism, that won't show the congressman or congresswoman the truth. I mean, I had this conversation with Michelle Bachman. She had, she had some good staff, but most, for the most part, they were terrible. And they wouldn't let her even see things that were happening. And they kept her conf as much as possible distracted so she couldn't stick to her principles. And a lot of those staffers just get recycled over and over throughout the, 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 the spectrum up there. If a member goes away, then they get a job to come with the new member that is up there. So how do we break that cycle? We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, I'm Kent Charnig, and I'm the founder of El Paso County, Colorado Progressive Veterans. Don't worry, we're not crazy tree huggers, but we do have an amazing podcast talking about nothing but the military and veterans. Please check us out, epccpv.org. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Well, we have to stand up. I mean, the leadership is part of the problem because the leadership kind of assigns you're you're a junior, so you get the staff, and oh, these are great; they'll be terrific for. But if you watch the movie, it's a fam, fun, funny family movie called Evan Almighty. Mm -hmm. It's a story of, of a fictional congressman played by the guy that was in the office. Oh yeah, a and and it's funny because he, he's in office, and now the leadership takes him under his wing and is corrupting him little by little by little to take him down the wrong path. Now, this in this movie, God intervenes. <laughs> And turns the can the candidate who is Evan Baxter on the right path, but it's a very uh, difficult challenge to go up against the leadership. So, what do you think can be done at the grassroots level? I mean, let's talk about what you do at the economic war room and how you bring these issues to bear for people to understand. Are the American people you think at that point where they're starting to say, "Why are the gas prices like this?" I mean, a buck ninety eight eighteen months ago. Uh, the food and commodity prices, the high inflation. Why are all these things happening? Do you think that there's a thirst now to really understand these issues? Well, there's no question. Uh, president Biden has the lowest economic approval rating of any president in history that, that since they've been taking polls. Nobody has a lower mark on handling the economy, not Jimmy Carter, not anybody. Absolute worst. I, I, I don't know if they were polling during Herbert Hoover's time, but, <laughs> yeah. but this is bad. 
Uh, and so people are waking up. And what we do in the economic war room, which your point is, we educate people on these issues. Then we give them an economic battle plan mm-hmm. with action steps to take. And sometimes the action steps are to write your members of Congress. We did one email campaign in which 80 million emails were sent to wow. the House and Senate. So we just flooded the inbox. And that's the whole point. People have to have a task and purpose. It has to be kind of simple because, you know, we're the folks that are out there working, trying to take care of our families. We're not paid by George Soros to go out there and be the, the permanent protesters. Let's talk about China and China's impact and influence uh, against our economy. How is it that we are not blocking the number one geopolitical foe in the world and them getting their tentacles into our ec- economy? Well, uh, you know the answer to that question. Yeah, and it's, there's a laptop that explains everything. Mm-hmm. They have corrupted and co-opted so many government officials. I spoke at the Heritage Foundation probably eight, ten years ago, and I warned of unrestricted warfare from the Chinese. And I laid it all out. And a lady who was a, um, a Chinese studies professor, I think, at Georgetown came up and handed me a card. And I looked at the card, and I looked at her, and I said, you're PLA, aren't you? People's Liberation Army. Yeah. She just started, turned red, started smiling and laughing. She said, yes. And I said, okay, so I've exposed you. You're going to whack me? And she said, no. I said, why not? She said, we own half this town. That was her direct answer. We own half this town. I said, who owns the other half? And she said, the Saudis. I was hoping the Americans <laughs> own some of it. Yeah. But yeah. And how amazing that is because we just saw Joe Biden go over hat in hand and fist bump, you know, Mohammed uh, bin Salman, who is a tyrannical, you know, dictator and a murderer, and left with nothing when you've got all of these energy resources right here. Two phone calls to Oklahoma and Texas and need to have the energy problem solved. But it's the government's intention, this is according to plan, government's yes. intention to end the American fossil fuel industry. They're doing it through the ESG movement mm-hmm. and investments. They're doing it through regulation. They're doing it by killing the Keystone Pipeline. They're doing it by any means possible because they want higher energy prices. They don't mind us dependent on even Russian oil or mm-hmm. Middle Eastern oil as long as we're not producing our own energy. Well, Pete Buttigieg was just uh, up for a hearing, and he admitted that they wanted to put pain on the American people. I can't understand why. Well, I do understand why, because they're tyrannical and totalitarian. You just brought up something very important, ESG, the Environmental Social Governance uh, whole principle, whatever, score. I found it real interesting that Sri Lanka had a 98% ESG score, and now their economy has collapsed. Kind of share with uh, the audience what really is this environmental social governance movement that we see out there in America? Well, there's three things. One, there's a sincere desire from Americans to have a good environment, to have social, a good society, and, and have good governance. That, that's sincere, and a lot of people have fallen for it. The second aspect of it is a complete scam, a complete scam. For example, uh, ExxonMobil has a high ESG score because they've elected directors that want to end fossil fuels as we know it. But Tesla got kicked off because Elon Musk mentioned that he might be interested in buying Twitter and they were afraid of what Elon Musk would do. So Tesla, who has the electric motor vehicle uh, beyond anyone else, and they kick them out, uh, but they put ExxonMobil in. Now, why? totally political. And then the third thing, it is a very evil, insidious movement. Not E stands for eliminate fossil fuels. 
That's really what they want to do. Green New Deal, eliminate fossil fuels. The S stands for social justice slash critical race theory. They want it taught. They want it implemented. And the G stands for a uh, governance governing quota system that is a quota based on your race, based on your sex, and based on your sexual preference or identification. So it's crazy and it's a complete scam because you could have a board consisting of 10 75-year-old white men, but if one of them identified as a woman, it would qualify both as a minority and as a woman, and so they would be exempt. It's a, it's a complete scam designed to take control of American corporations and to make them all woke. And it's succeeding in that you see Disney going woke, mm-hmm. you see ExxonMobil with three directors who hate fossil fuels, you see Coca-Cola telling you to be less white, and Hasbro or Mattel, I can't remember, one of the toy companies telling little kids how racist they are you see them succeed because they are using our money our investments Mm -hmm. to advance their progressive agenda which is to destroy the american values the americans that make us not exceptional just one other nation among many that will eventually wind up under the control of china you know the amazing thing and i'm sure this is part of what you write about in according to plan it seems that the left has a strategic center somewhere and they think of these things. And we are constantly reacting. Yes. We're, we're always on our heels. How do we get on the offense? Well, the first thing we need to do is reinstitute patriotism. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. Part of the book that I'm writing, according to mm-hmm. plan, that'll be out soon, mentions the need to respect the flag and respect patriotism. They have found that uh, young people exposed in their school age to uh, the 4th of July and to patriotic activities tend to vote for liberty. They tend to support liberty and and freedom. Uh, And if we say America is bad all the time, then we tend... So we need to first recognize American exceptionalism, which is going to require teaching proper American history, Mm -hmm. going back to the David Barton-type truth, Mm -hmm. and letting people know that, you know, no, not all the founders were racist. No, their purpose was not to extend slavery. No, they, they were not trying to keep women down. They actually believed in individual liberty, and they wanted to experiment with it. And, and the experiment has turned into the greatest nation in the history of the world. So we have to teach patriotism. Second, we've got to start demanding our elected officials do the right thing. And if they don't do the right thing, throw them out of office. And the third thing we need to do is we need to get a hold of the administrative state and build on mm-hmm. some of these great court rulings that have come out of the Supreme Court and out of the Fifth Circuit that believe in individual liberty, that take away the power from the bureaucratic state under the executive branch and return that power to the people through the legislative branch. No, you're absolutely right. And I think one of the testimonies of what you just said about young people wanting to believe in patriotism and you know love of country is how the United States military right now is struggling wow. for recruiting and retention because people don't want to be part of this woke military. They don't want to wake up and, and be told that because of your skin color, even though our uniforms all say United States Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, and Navy, but because of your skin color, you're racist and you're an oppressor. And 
because of my skin color, I'm oppressed. So how do you build a cohesive fighting force? Or you get to put on a dress if you're a male and, oh, and feel that way. Or, or if you say the wrong thing or use the wrong pronoun. Or if you don't want to take a vaccine that's been mandated that's experimental. or what. I believe that this is purposeful in order to destroy the military. They're trying to destroy patriotism in the military. But at the same time, anybody who might be disloyal is drummed out. Where's the loyalty supposed to be? To the Constitution. Yes. And they're not supporting the Constitution. They're demanding loyalty to a figure or to a party or to an ideology. And that is completely contrary to the It's interest. anathema because generations in my family have served this country. We took an oath to the Constitution, not to a political party, not to a person, not to an ideological agenda. And I'm very concerned about now we're seeing the politicization of the military. And the next thing you know, you're going to have the old commissars, the political officers officers uh, that are out there, you know, reporting people. Your book coming up, according to plan, when will it hit the streets? We hope to have it out by September 1st. The goal is to get it in the hands of people that it's like a pamphlet like the pamphlets that that uh, used Ross Perot was producing yeah. that can like the pamphlets of old and Thomas the revolution yeah. that we can get into people's yeah. hands and they can share it widely and they can use QR codes modern technology and go and take action so they can send those emails point click send yeah. so that they can share it with friends very easily but just to wake people up this is not uh, just a normal political season. This is a group of individuals that want to destroy America as we know it, uh, being fought by a group of individuals who believe in individual liberty. And it, it is existential for us. And this election probably, we always say that, but it is probably the most important election of our lifetime. If we don't put a break on it here, it, it will become uh, inevitable. Well, I was doing some reading, and I think I came across a statistic which said the last time America had a 9.1 consumer rate of inflation, it lasted for nine years. Oh, geez. And so I don't think we can, we can tolerate that. And that's why we've got to get the right people in there to get us back on track. How can people follow you at the Economic War Room? Economicwarroom.com. And the, there's a place, click to receive battle plans. Our show is free outside the paywall. It's on Blaze TV normally, but you can get it free at our website. And then you can click to receive our battle plans, which means every week we'll send you an update. This is what we covered in the show. It's about 30 minutes. And then here are action steps, things you can learn from the show, action steps you can take. It's one email a week. It's very simple and very easy. But I think if you get 25 minutes of Economic War Room a week, you'll get a better education than even watching Fox News uh, 24-7. I believe you very much so. And I want to close on this thought. It was so funny. Uh, Stephen Moore who has the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, just did a review of 68 resumes of economic advisors in the Biden administration, and close to 63% of them had no private sector economic experience whatsoever. And that tells you all you need to know. That does. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate God you bless being you, on Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. And thanks for all you do. And I will tell you, Ron DeSantis or whoever, this is the guy that you need to have as an economic advisor so that we can turn this ship around and get us back on safe seas. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. And I want to send a special thanks to my guest tonight right here in North Texas, Kevin Freeman, and all that he is doing with the Economic War Room. Without a doubt, we are in an economic confrontation. 
with geopolitical foes such as China and also Russia. But a lot of this has to do with the undermining of our economic security from a progressive socialist Marxist ideological agenda that is coming out of this Biden administration. So please follow Kevin Freeman and learn more about what is happening with our economy and how you can be better informed and educated and affect change with our elected officials. Again, if you like this podcast, please click that like button and share it with others. Have a great night. Before they burn it down.